Okay, if you open your Bibles in the book of 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings, and I get there. All right, so today we're going to look at chapter 17 and uh, look at verse 1, chapter 17 and verse 1 of 2 Kings. Let's get there. And today is a sad lesson, so to speak, because today we're going to learn about the exile of Israel out of their out of their lands. Excuse me. Um, to look here at Second Kings chapter seventeen, verse one. Let's look at verse one. It says, "Are you at home? You can open your Bibles and and." Uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, and the title of the message is uh, Israel in Exile. Uh, it says, In the twentieth year of Ahaz, the king of Judah, beget Hoshea, the son of Elah, to reign in Samaria over Israel nine years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, but not as the kings of Israel we were before him. And it says, And again it came up, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, and Hoshea became his servant and gave him presents. And the king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hoshea, for he had sent messengers uh, to so king of Israel and brought no present to the king of Assyria, as he had done years, year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged three years. And in the ninth year of Hosea, the king um, of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Allah and Abar and by the river of Gozan and in the city of the Medes. In the cities, I'm sorry, of the Medes. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? What a sad passage we come today, you, you people. Uh, is exile out of the land, Lord, not because you want to do that. They did that on their own, Lord, a continual sin against you. They continued disobedience, rebellion against you was the cause of all this. Lord, may we learn something tonight about the consequences of sin and what if we continue in the things, doing the wrong and rebellion against you. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So tonight... In this passage tonight, God provides through the Holy Spirit the insight of what the effects of sin uh, when it happens in the nation, especially the nation of Israel right here. And this happened in the 8th century B.C. So, in sense, and since God uh, uh, gave us an example here of what happened to nations who they follow sin instead of the ways of God. Uh, and we see here Israel. Uh, let me just put it this way. Okay. The children of Israel went to Egypt. They were how many people when they got to Egypt? Seventy, right? Seventy people went to Egypt. When they came out of Egypt, there were millions of people, like over a million people, uh, far as we know. But God promised them, I mean, the plagues of Egypt. God defended them. God took care of them. Then God promised them to, to give them a promised land. He guided them to the promised land. God was with them the whole time. And when they got to the land, one thing that there happened to them they, they left Egypt, but Egypt never left them. You follow that? They left Egypt, but the sin and the gods of Egypt went with them 
to the land of Canaan. And of course in Canaan, what happened there, they adapted the, the gods of the land as well. The God of Israel kept working to them, kept working to them, and they kept rebelling against the Lord. And over and over, as we march through the Bible, we can see this, over and over they began to sin against God. Until Rehoboam comes about, and Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and the nation splits into. Northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Why is that? The continual of sin. sin. The continuation of sin. And the continuation of walking away from the Lord. And now we come to this point right here. To this point right here. To what? On which God takes them out of the land. You say, well, that's the land of the Jewish people. No, that's God's land. God gave them the privilege of living there. And it was a condition that God put there. If you do this... I will let you stay on the land. If you don't do that, then I'll take you out of the land. And now we come to this sad point right here on which the ten tribes of Israel are exiled out of the land of Israel and where they go into Assyria. What a sad time that we see right here in the consequences of sin in the life of a, in the life of a nation. I'm sorry. So, the nation of Israel is taken captive because of their own doings. They had everything they needed to be blessed by the Lord and to be a lighthouse to the world. But they allowed the world to shape, shape their minds and shape their land, their, their, their land. So with this in mind, think about America today. America was a nation that was built on biblical principles. Today America is a, in many ways is far, far from Christian, from being a Christian nation. Far. I mean, people, if people come, if a person comes to me and say, America is a Christian nation, I would say, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. There are many Christians in America, but America is far from being a Christian nation. So America allow, allowed sin to pollute her land. So sin dominates, dominates the life of the Israelites in the northern kingdom. It, it lasted about 200 years. It's not like God just say, you know what, you sin against me today and I'm, I'm going to exile you tomorrow. This was a progressive continuation of continued sin after sin uh, through the years. King after king after king. And it came to a point that God said, this, this is it, this is done. I'm taking you into captivity. So the nation continually did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So God uses Syria to conquer his people in the northern kingdom. Of course, the northern kingdom is there's ten tribes there and take them out of the promised land into captivity. So 2 Kings 17 tells us that why God brought judgment on Israel. And God does bring, bring judgment on Israel. Now remember, okay, so if God took the nation of Israel to Assyria, ten tribes, two tribes still back, right? Judah and Benjamin. All right, so Judah and Benjamin stayed behind. All the other ten tribes went to Assyria in captivity. Okay, that's what we see here. So you don't confuse when you read your Bible. You know, when you say they went into captivity into Assyria, there are two tribes which eventually will go to Babylon, which is Benjamin and Judah. Okay, so let's look at this from several points tonight as we look at this sad passage of Scripture right here. It says, the cause for judgment. The cause for judgment. We see this in verse 7. Look at verse 7. So it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God. So godliness is a God-centered life. That's what God wants from all of us. But unfortunately, that is not the goal of most of us. So the, the godliness in a God-centered life is what God wants for me and you. 
We want, he wants us to live godly, separated lives unto Him, individually and collectively as a church body, as a church family. He, want, he wants us to live a, a God-centered life. But unfortunately, unfortunately, many of us don't want that type of life. We want the world and we want God. And many want just the world, they don't want God. They want to live the way they want to live. That's why we have the carnal-minded Christian, and we have the spiritual-filled Christian. Okay, so, I don't know where you are when you walk with the Lord, you know, but that's where the Bible describes that very specifically. So, uh, in verse 7, of course, the Bible says, for, the children, for, for it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God. So, get this, this sin was the cause for them to become slaves to Assyria. Um, look at verse 8. Look, what it's, look at the sins of or co- the cause here. We're going to look at more, even more, uh, well, that brings them to this situation here. Look at verse 8. And walk in the statues of the heathen. So they walk in the ways of the heathen, not in the ways of God. Verse 9. Did secretly those things that which were not right against the Lord their God. They did secret sins against the Lord their God. God sees all. Verse 10. And they set them up images in groves and in high, high hills. Verse 11. And they were, and, 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 I'm sorry, and did they, they burn incense in all high places. And look at verse 12. For they served idols. Now, what happened to Israel was not an overnight thing. It was years of continual sin against the Lord without any want to stop. This sin was so grievous against the Lord that it came to a point on which the Lord had to stop them, uh, uh, them as, the, uh, uh, as He promised that He would if they would, should do that or follow that path. So what happened to Israel... To be put into exile by the Lord was no surprise to the Jewish people. The Jewish people knew because before time, many, many years before, God said, if you don't do this, you, if you live this way, if you follow this path, that's what I'm going to do. God was very clear with them. So, for an example, Jeroboam led Israel into the rejection of God. Number one, we see the spiritual forgiveness and, and ingratitude. Uh, this is what happened here to come to this point. They feared other gods, not the God of Israel. They adopted the customs of the pagan Canaanites, verse 8, there in the hot chapter. They tried to keep their wrongdoing secret, verse 9. They covered their land with high places, verse 9. They set up idolatrous pillars and wooden images images everywhere, verse 10. They burn incense in high places, verse 11. They serve idols, verse 12. They would not listen to the warnings of the prophets, verse 13 and 14. They became a a stiff-necked and rebellious people, verse 14. They rejected God's statutes, His covenant, and His testimonies, verse 15. They followed idols and thereby became idolaters, adopting the empty custom of the pagan nations around them. You see this in verse 15 of of chapter, chapter 17. They disobeyed all the commandments of the Lord their God, verse 16. They made molden... Uh, image of two calves, verse 16. They made a wooden image of Ashtoreth and worshipped the host of heaven, that is the sun, the moon, and the stars, verse 16. They served Baal, verse 16. They burned their children in the fire as sacrifices to Molech, verse 17. They practiced witchcraft and soothsaying, verse 17. They sold themselves to do, to do evil, verse 17. They provoked God to anger, verse 17. You see why God got them out of the land? It was a continual evil, continual sin in the lives of this people. 
Their kings were not that good, so was the people are not that good. And God said, you done, I'm done with you, you're out of the land. I'm going to use the king of Assyria to get you out of here. Sometimes we think God doesn't use the unsaved. God does. Right here, God uses an unsaved king to bring his people out of the land. Why? Because where we can see was sin after sin after sin after sin. And the Bible names it. All these wickedness, these people. With I think, I mean, in my humanity, I think how, how much can, how low can you go when you sacrifice your children to, a, to Molech? You burn your children in, in, in this, this so-called God. That is, that is, how wicked can you be? But we see this right here. If you don't mind, I'm going to have a sip of water because my throat is so dry. So as you can see, there was an accumulation of sinful events over a period of many years. This became a way of life for the children of Israel. They forgot the God and embraced the gods of the land. You see, we sometimes we think this happened to us. But let me tell you. If we begin to pattern after certain things, before we know, that's the life that we live. We pattern after those things. You know what Paul says, pattern your life after me because I follow God? But let me tell you, if we pattern our life after the wickedness of this world, or people, sinful people, before we know, we begin to live just like they do. And go to places they go, speak like they speak, and live just like they live. That's what the children of Israel did. And they said, I will never do that. We can't say that because we can do it just exactly the way they do. So sin had been refined by our secular society today and even in some churches today. So sin now, be, uh, uh, now belongs on a, uh, on a dessert menu, so to speak. So a cookie manufacturer labels their cookies as, listen to this, raspberry or raspberry temptations. And while it is deemed only uh, uh, as of an indulged thing here, but it is what happened to us as Christians. Oh, it's just a, it's just a, a small temptation. What about sinful selections to entice people to buy their cookies? They use those words. But let me tell you, when we live in a world today where sin is not sin anymore, we have to be careful. Because who are you to tell me there's sin? Who are you to tell me that I'm wrong? Then we begin to practice the same practice of the world. Because let me tell you, folks, that's what the world is, the way the world's living today. They say, who are you to tell me I'm wrong? Who are you to tell me that I'm sinning? I'm not doing nothing wrong. We need to be careful as Christians that we don't be, begin to think the way they do. Because the moment that we begin to think the way they do, we have a problem. We forgot the Bible. And know how God calls those things. See, the people of the land will look at the children of Israel and say, nothing wrong with you folks, you guys just live the way we do. And God points their sin from top to bottom. This is what you do against me over and over and over. Right here in chapter 17, God literally describes why as like cutting a sentence. The reason you, why you go into a series is because you did this and you did this and you did this, all this, and in the end against me. You did it all this against me. So the children of Israel went to Assyrian captivity. Guess what? They knew exactly why they were going there. It's like, you know, tell your kid, you know, if you lie to me, I'm going to give you two smacks. And before the kid even lie, let's say two months go by and the kid lies. The kid knows exactly what's coming. You know why? Because he was warned. Same thing to the children of Israel. God told them, and patiently, he let it happen, he let it happen, he let it happen. It kept going, it kept going, and to a point that God said, it is over. 
hundred years of discontinual sinful things. King after king. So, the cause of judgment. Number two, the cause for captivity. Hoshea was the ruler of the northern kingdom of Israel. For In this day, uh, was about 722 B.C. The Assyrians invaded the land, deported many of the citizens, and repopulated Israel with Gentile people uh, from the lands of Assyria, the, the lands Assyria had conquered. So the kingdom of Israel became Samaria, named after the capital city, and it was a, a nation whose citizens were not pure Jews anymore because it was people from other lands. Can you imagine that? So God had given His people so many blessings, and now those blessings would fall into the hands of Assyrians and, of course, eventually the Babylonians. The Jews had, had a living Lord, but they replaced Him with dead idols. Their healthy land was confiscated by the enemy nations. The people were taken captive, and eventually Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed in 586 B.C. So God in His mercy preserved a faithful remnant so, in a, so a light would remain shining and it could fulfill the promise He had made to His people. But let me tell you, I don't believe the whole, the whole, all the children of, and I'm sorry, all the Jewish people in Israel were wicked people. There were some good people that loved the Lord there. But the majority there were living for, not for the Lord, they forgot their God. So letter A on that second point, Israel lost its leader. Look at verse 4. And the king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hoshea, for he had sent messengers to the king, to so king of, of Egypt, and brought no present to the king of Assyria, as he had done year, year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria shot him up and bound him in prison. Let me tell you, Israel lost his king. What happened when there is no leadership? What happened? What happened when, when the nation don't have a leader? Everyone for themselves? Who rules? Who, put, who, who, who says this is what we're going to do? Who's leading? Chaos happens. So what happens here? Chaos happened. Why? Because Israel had no king. The king of Assyria put him in prison. You see, so it is with believers today who turn to the world for help instead of waiting on the Lord and trusting Him. You see, trust is a big word, isn't it? But it's even bigger when we actually do what it says. If I say I trust the Lord, it, it means that I trust the Lord. But if I say I trust the Lord and go, and go get my counseling and my ideas and make my decision based on human reason from the people of this world, I'm not trusting the Lord, I'm trusting the people of this world. The children of Israel, they said many times they trusted the Lord, but their lifestyle and the things that they did prove very efficiently that they didn't trust God at all. They trusted the gods of the land. Why make deals with Egypt, a place where they were slaves? Why go and make deals with Egypt when you have your God for counseling? You see, the king of, uh, of Assyria discovered the plot and he took Hoshea prisoner and left the throne of Israel empty. And in 1725, this guy, uh, Shalmanazar, with the king of, of, uh, of Assyria, began to besiege Samaria, but then he died. Or oh, it was killed, we don't know. But his general... Uh, 
Sargon the second took over the siege, and the siege lasted three years. And in seven seven twenty two BC, the city was was totally overtaken and destroyed. So Assyria had already taken the tribes east of of the Jordan. So now they possess everything but Judah and of course Benjamin. It is never good when a nation loses its leader. Never good. As much as people talk about people, uh, uh, people uh, in leadership, and sometimes they're most crucified people in leadership, and uh, because of most of the time, not to say every time, there was, where there is no leadership, there's always chaos. We need a leader to lead. We need to. The nation of Israel had God as their leader, but little by little they reject God. They rejected the prophets of God. They put their faith in human leadership, when, which failed them miserably. But now we see Israel with no leader at all, and the leader is in prison. And of course, look at verse 2, and it says, And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and, but now, but not as the, as the kings of Israel that, that were before him. So my question about this whole thing is, how far do people walk away from God to do evil? Okay. The children of Israel, it's not like, you know, they did something and they asked the Lord to forgive them. There was a continual evil living. There was a continuation. It was year after year. There was years of, of living. Some kings, they, they, they reigned for 40 years, 50 years, and it was a continual year after year of evil doing. Let it be. Not only Israel lost its king, but Israel lost its lands. We see this from verse 6, verse chapter 18, verse 19 to 12. So as we see, the Assyrians' policy was to relocate conquered people and replace them with prisoners from other nations. So it was clearly stated in God's covenant with His people that their disobedience will bring defeat in war. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 25, 49, 50, and 52, oppression and slavery, Deuteronomy 28, 29, and uh, in captivity, Deuteronomy 28, 36, and many other verses. And all that of this happened to both Israel and Judah eventually. But God told them many years before this would come to pass if they disobey Him. Well, let's clarify uh, right here that the land belonged to the Lord, not to the Jewish people. Listen, they had the privilege of living in the land. The land belonged to God. Let me put it this way. I was thinking about this today. Don't you know that all of us have a privilege of being here in this church? You say, why? Because this is not our church. This is God's church. God can close it down tomorrow. God can, can get rid of all of us. God can say, no more of this. I'm going to close it down. I see other churches closed. God closed it down. You know why? It's not our church. It's God's church. If God chooses to close, He closes it down. Well, God says to the Jewish people, this is not your land, this is my land. I give you a privilege to live here. You didn't live according to my rules the way I told you to live. You know what? Now I'm going to ship you out of the land. The same thing with churches. We try to make a comparison right here. But God is the one who rules and reigns in the church. And if we don't do according to what He says in His word, yeah, it might not happen in one day, but progressively, it comes to an end. I went to a church that was a church of over 800 people, and it came to nothing. And today, it does not exist anymore. And we saw progressively, 
year by year. It didn't, it didn't happen in one year. It happened in a period of 15, 16, maybe, seven, maybe almost 20 years. But eventually, the Lord said, this is my church, and closed it down. You know what the Lord did? He gave it to another church. There's another church there in that building. Folks, it is always sad, a sad thing for a nation when it loses its leader and loses their lands. This definitely was sad, sad day for Israel. The land of milk and honey that was promised by God to them was now a simple memory. The land of milk and honey on which they could raise their children in the ways of the Lord was no more for them. What a sad day. They were taken from their land and they were forced to go into exile to a land that they did not know. They lost their freedom. They lost the privilege of living in the land. We could ask the question of why they didn't obey the Lord the way the Lord instructed them to do. What we need to keep in mind here is that these people have a sinful nature just like me and you. Instead of us asking why they did not obey the Lord uh, and so they, keep st they could stay in the land, we have to ask a question to ourselves, Lord, why don't I obey you? Because we have a tendency to point the finger at others. And we forget to point the fingers at us. By the way, when we put the finger at others, if you look at your hand, you got about three or four fingers pointing at you. If I go like this, look how many fingers is pointing at me. So we have a tendency to say, this people, why they didn't obey the Lord the way the Lord told them? Well, same thing for us. Don't we have God's word, the Bible? Instead of pointing a finger at them, we should learn from the example, uh, from their failures, and say, Lord, I'm not going to, Criticize them. Why don't I obey you? So the land belonged to the Lord, not to the people, not to the Jewish people. They were just there because God wanted them to be there. It was a privilege for them to be there. I tell you what, every Sunday that I come here, every time that I come here, I find that a privilege. This is, listen, if people say, this is, my, this is not my church. I can die tomorrow and go to heaven. You know, this is God's church. That's not my church. I found it a privilege to go to God's house. Because He can take me down at any moment. You see, let, let us see. Let's see. The Israel disobeyed its laws. So they lost their leader, they lost their land, and they disobeyed its laws. Look over seven. Look what it says. For it was so that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them out of the land of Egypt. God keeps reminding them about the land of Egypt. For under, look what it says in the end of the verse. For under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and, and had feared other gods. In verse 8, And walk in the statues of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out from the, before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel which had made, and the children of Israel did secretly those things which, not, which were not right again, again, uh, against the Lord their God, and they built them high places in all the cities from the tower of the watchmen to the fenced city. And they set there up image in the groves and were in very high and under every green tree. And they were, and there they burned all incense, uh, I'm sorry, and there they burned incense in all, in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord. And verse 12 says, And they served idols. Verse 13 says, And yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah, and by all the prophets, and by all the seers, saying, 
Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the, the, the prophets. And look at verse 14, what it says. No, it's standing there, would not hear, but hearken their necks like to the, to the neck of their fathers, that they did not believe in the Lord their God. And look at verse 15. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and, and went after the heathen. And they were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them and they should, that they should not, I'm sorry, they should not do like them. You see what the Lord says? The Lord even gave them the opportunity to say, Mommy, verse 14 is a great verse, right? It says, uh, actually, verse 13 it says, Yet the Lord testified against them. But verse 14 says, Now it's standing, they would not hear. God sent the prophets, God spoke to them, and you know what? They didn't listen, they didn't want to hear what God had to say. Why? Because they were following. The gods of the lands. They were following the customs of the land. They turned their ears. They closed their ears to God. And God could not. So God said you know what. I'm going to keep, get you out of the land. Because you do not listen to me. What a sad place to be. For the children of Israel. So the children of Israel knew. Feel well that, that the reason why. They are going in captivity. Was because of their own doings. Okay, let's go to point number. No, I go. In, I went ahead of myself here a little bit. Okay, let's lose. Okay, uh, let us make it clear. Okay, I, I skip one page here. Let's make it clear tonight that the children of Israel didn't go into exile. Like I said, without knowing the reason why, why what was happening to them, God did not keep this event is secret from them. The Lord was very clear to them that they would come to pass if they did not obey. God was clear to them. Instead of obeying the Lord, they choose to follow the sinful evil practice of the people around them. I tell you folks, sin always brings consequences, especially this continual evil sin that kept going to a point which they would not listen to God at all. The children of Israel were warned over and over again to repent. And, uh, and God in His mercy would have restored them if they would repent of their sin. Folks, we, we have to understand right here something. Our God is a God of mercy and a forgiving God. If we ask forgiveness with a genuine heart, God forgives. And again, God here, right there in this chapter, gives them, gives them the chance again to repent. But the Bible says they stiff their necks and they would not can you imagine? They say, God says, even all, to all the evil that you have done, if you ask forgiveness, I'll forgive you. They would not. And you know what happened? God says, okay. Now these verses read like a, a, a legal court case against the northern kingdom of Israel. If you look at those verses, God just specifies one by one. The law is given from God an agreement to, that guaranteed his provision and protection if the people did his will. But they forgot how God had delivered them from Egypt. It's, it's amazing. Throughout the Old Testament, you keep hearing this thing. The God that brought you out of Egypt. Because they, God wants to re, wanted to remind them 
the suffering. There was the 400 years of slavery in the land of Egypt. And now they were doing deals with Egypt after what they went through. They ignored the law of Moses that commanded them not to worship false gods, but to destroy the heathen idols, temples, and shrines. Israel began with secret worship of idols, but eventually became public, and Jehovah was acknowledged, acknowledged as one God among many. See, they took their God and, and put them as another God amongst all the other gods that they had. Don't we have people today that do that? They have one more God and add one more God. The Lord sent prophets to admonish and warn the people, but, but the people paid little, att uh, little attention. As the ancestors had done so many times, the Jewish people stiff-necked their necks and hardened their hearts and refused to obey the Lord. Since we become like God, we worship. The people became vanity and emptiness and nothing towards the Lord because they worship vain idols. In fact, they turned to idols and made a golden calf while Moses was communing with God in Mount Sinai. So after the division of the king, the king Jeroboam made two golden calves. And you can see as the went on, as through the years went on, it was wickedness after wickedness after wickedness, king after king after king. So number one, we see the judgment, the cause for judgment. Number two, we see the cause for captivity. And number three, the cause for the Lord's anger. Look at verse 18. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of, out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. Was God happy? No. Why? Why? Because it was a continual evil done by people towards God. The Lord was not was not angry with the, with the children of, of Israel without a cause. There was a cause. Actually, the Lord have made, have been very gracious and merciful to them for a long, long time. The anger of the Lord is a holy anger and a holy wrath. It must not be compared to the children, to the children of Israel, you know. But the Lord was long-suffering. The Lord was willing to forgive them, but they would not. They put God as one of their gods, just like all the other gods. They just add God to their God, to the other gods. I cannot imagine that. I don't understand. I, I tell you, folks. All right. Before I got saved, I was lost, like all of us. Okay. But then I got, I got saved. I met the God that saved me. I don't understand how you know the God that saved you. What he did for you, now you go and, and walk away from him like he, and just put him just, just another God amongst all the heathen gods. He, he has no value to you. I, I don't, that to me, I don't understand that. I've been saved for almost 25 years and for 25 years I've been serving my Lord. I have no, no want to go worship anything else but the God that I know. See, the rebellions of this people, it was a continuous rebellious. It was a continuous going back to the practice, the sin of the people of the land. It was a continuous including God as one of many gods. Imagine this. The great Yahweh took them out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. 
He took, he took care of them regardless of their disobedience and complaining all the way to the promised land. He provided a land flowing with milk and honey and, and, and for his people. And he, they continually rebel and rebel against him. Yes, the Lord was angry, but keep in mind here that it was a righteous anger. And he was willing to forgive them if they asked forgiveness. These verses informs us that the division of the kingdom unto Judah and Israel was an act of God as he sought to protect David's dynasty because remember, there's a promise given to David that Jesus one day would sit in the throne of David. But you know what? Judah eventually did the same thing and went up in Babylon. So letter A, under that third point, we see God was worshipped among many other gods. Look at verse 15. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant, and he made with their fathers and his testimony, which he testified against them, and they followed vanity and became vain, and, and went after the heathen that were around them, uh, around them, concerning whom the Lord has charged them, that they should not do like them. And they laughed all the commandments, of, the commandments of the Lord their God, and made them molden images, even two calves, calves and made a, a groove, a grove, and worship all the hosts of heaven and serve Baal. You see what they did right here? They included gods, with all the other gods of the land. They put God amongst them many gods they worship. They wanted to worship God and all the other heathen gods as well. And of course, our God is a jealous God. He says, you ought to worship me with all your heart, soul, uh, uh, mind, heart, and soul, and strength. So the Jewish people worship Jehovah plus the gods of the other nations. Actually, if we read the, cha the chapter carefully, we will see that they're worshiping many other things. Folks, when our mind is full of vanity, it is easy to worship anything. When there's no standard, there's no rock to stand on anything. Anything can be worshipped. God will not share worship with false gods. So it's no wonder he became angry with his own children. All the people in the land should have repent, turn around from their false gods and turn to, to the Lord God of Israel. But instead, the Lord's people accept the false gods and just added Jehovah God to all the other gods. So they, they had a problem, maybe a day to worship each one of them. Who knows what they did. What a sad, sad thing when a Christian, instead of growing, on, uh, uh, growing in the Lord, in Him alone, He includes Him with other gods as well. Let it be. God, God was, forgive, was forgotten by its people. You know, folks, we see this in verse 27 and verse 28. Look what it says. And then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry thither one of the priests whom he brought from thence, and let them go and dwell there, and let them teach them the manners of the God of the land. Why? Because the people forgot their God. Then one of the priests whom they carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and told them how they sought fear, they, they should fear the Lord. So get this, the king of Assyria believed that each god was associated with the land from which the people came, and therefore the new residents didn't know how to worship the Lord of Israel. They, they could never learn from the Israelites left behind because they had been worshiping the gods of the, 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 the pagan, pagan gods of the land. So the king of Assyria ordered one of the Jewish priests to be sent to Israel to teach the people how to worship the God of the land. 
What a sad day for Israel. When the people didn't even know how to worship their own God. They're so busy worshiping the idols and the gods of the land that they forgot how to worship Jehovah. What a sad thing, isn't it? What a sad thing. You know, folks, I don't see this with a happy heart. Actually, it's with a heavy heart I say this. How many Christians don't even know how to pray? How many Christians don't even know how to talk to their God? Their mind is so involved in the things of the world that church to them is a strange thing. The Bible to them is a strange thing. Pray to God. They don't know how. They're speechless. They don't know what to do, what to say. It's not like they don't have a tongue. They talk. They communicate. But they don't know how to communicate with God. They don't know how. What a sad thing. You know, when we get saved, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, one of the goals in our lives is to, be, is to know how to talk with God. To learn how to talk with God, to pray, to know how to, how to pray with God, to, to learn how to read our Bible and to understand the God that we worship. But many don't do that. They just have, you know, they get saved and they, they continue. They more, more likely, they, 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 they add the, God, the new God that they found to the gods that they already have. That's not where this way is supposed to be. God's people forgot, forgot their God. They went after the gods of the land. How much they knew about the God of Israel. They didn't know much. So many people today would applaud this world, this world congress of religions. But, but the Lord arbor it. In a democracy, we learn to accept pluralism today. But, doesn't, but this doesn't mean we approve it or believe it that all religions are equal. They're not. There are many people today, they're, 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 they're embracing all these religions. And you know what they're saying? It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what God you worship. If you are, if you, if you are, your heart is in the right place, we all go into heaven. They're all the same God. You just have different names. That is not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. There is one God. It might be in those days the same thing. Today, how many people are doing that? Unfortunately, some Christians or cold Christians are doing that. Look what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is one, no other name on the heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is only one God. The Jewish people who were left in the land appointed their own priests and ignored the standards established by God through Moses. For 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 32, look what it says. And they feared the Lord and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places, which sacrificed for them in the houses of of the high places. So the people set up in their own religious ceremonies and integrate with this new system some of their beliefs of their neighbors. So there was something for everybody in this time. And it didn't matter what you believe and how you worship, just as long you were religious. And I think that's the world we live in today. Look at verse 33. It says, They fear the Lord and serve their own gods. After the manner of the nations whom they carry away from thence. This is, sounds familiar. Of course it does. This is the same type of society in which we live in. A society that says it don't matter what you believe in. It don't matter what God you believe in. As long as, like I just repeat, repeated myself, as sincere, you go into heaven. It's all the same God. Just different names. That's not true. 
That's the voice of society. That's the voice of our world. But the truth is there is only one God and one creator. The truth is that his name is Jehovah. There is no other God before him and never will be another God. He is it. Let us see. We see Israel did not learn her lesson. We see this from verse 34 all the way to verse 40. And look what it says in verse 40. How they did not hearken, but they did after their, their former matters, manner. See, it's often been said that the, the one thing we learn from history is that we don't learn, we don't learn, learn from history. In spite of the way the Lord has warned them and chastened them, the people continue to worship uh, uh, the Lord uh, um, uh, along with other gods, and they did their own way. It don't matter the prophets came and warned. It don't matter what, how God tried to warn them and try to tell them and bring them to themselves. Guess what? They kept going. They kept going and continually, continually doing evil against the Lord. They continually worship the gods of the land. And they include Jehovah with the other gods. They ignored the history as the people of God delivered from Egyptian bondage, they forgot God's law and covenant, especially God's commandments, and concerning idolatry, which we see this in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 6. And like many professed Christians today, the people of Israel worshipped the Lord where they... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Like many professed Christians today, the people of Israel worshipped the Lord where and how they pleased, but they also paid respect to the false gods of the other nations. What finally happened to these ten disobedient tribes over here, we hear about the ten lost tribes over here. What happened? God took them out of the land, and God said, you know what? You lost the privilege. Let me tell you, folks, I'm going to repeat myself again. God brought them out of Egypt to a promised land. God promised them a land. God gave them the land of Canaan. And God, when they got to the land of Canaan, God told them what he expected of them. And a period of many, many years and many, many kings, they continue, continue in evil living, and they for, totally forgot their God. And God says, you lost your privilege. This land is mine. I'm taking you out of here. Let's go back to the church. This church is not ours. It's God's church. It's a privilege that you and I come here. It's a privilege that you and I meet together because God can take us out of here tomorrow. That's what God will do. Or two or three or four or five years from now, God says, I'm going to take you out of here because it's been just a privilege to you, but this is mine. The church belongs to God, doesn't belong to us. We just have a privilege to come to, to the house of God and worship Him. I count the privilege every time I walk in God's house. I count it a privilege. I don't just come to church just to come to church. It's the house of God. I think, I think, I think, if we look at the church as the house of God, we'll be more reverence for the house of God, and we want more reverence for the God that we worship when we come to the house of God, and we want more reverence and fear for His word and respect for His word. It would be. Unfortunately, even today, we live in a day and age today when people don't have respect for the house of God. No respect at all. You just walk in, you just look, they look at, they, 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 they're walking in a, in a grocery store and any other place, they just don't care. That's what the children of Israel was doing, were doing. And that's what a lot of people do today. 
They walk in the house of, in the house of God like nothing. No, it is a privilege to come into his presence. It's a privilege to come to a place on which he prepared to be worshipped. I mean, if I tell you how this place came to be, I would say it was God doing the whole thing altogether. Not me. It was God doing this whole thing altogether. He's the one who made this thing possible. But you know what? The blessing that he gives, he can take that blessing out and he can say, you know what? I'm moving you out, out of here. He can do that because he's God. I conclude with this. The main message from this tragic chapter is that false worship leads to corruption or corrupt practice. And corrupt practice results in divine condemnation and judgment. Disobedience and compromising leaders, both kings and, and priests, failed to teach the people the word of God. And as, and as each new, new generation came along, they failed miserably. It came a, a day when God's anger was displayed against his people and that was the end of the political identity known as Israel and the Northern Kingdom. Israel, the Northern Kingdom, was gone into exile, and it was no more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. And even though it's a sad, sad passage of Scripture, we like to finish in a good note. But tonight we don't, Lord, because we just see the results of continual evil, continual evil practice, and continual sin in the lives of your people. Lord, it was a privilege for them to go to the land. It was a privilege for them to live in the land. But they lost that privilege because they forgot you. Lord, may we in this place, may we never forget you so we don't happen the same thing to us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.